Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts, Lord, and let us be those who would go into the world and, and influence people. Help us, God, to do what we've been called to do, each and every one of us, Lord God. Salvation is not just for us, but it's for all. Bless your people, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Katrina, go ahead and take a chair. I'm sorry. Katrina Davis, she's a reporter out of San Diego, California. And she wrote uh, that the San Diego police have a new way to confirm the presence of marijuana and other drugs in impaired drivers. Now, many police departments in more than a dozen states are currently using a mouth swab device. This drug detection device is very expected to become very popular throughout the nation uh, with the legalization of marijuana in many states and attempted legalization. The device is called the Drager Drug Test 5000. Costs about 6000 per machine. And it's going to debut, or it actually has debuted on St. Patrick's Day at the DUI uh, checkpoints in San Diego, uh, California. Now, the unique thing about this device, it's, it's no, uh, no larger than a mini bookshelf stereo, a little small one, like this. A little bit, maybe a little thicker, right? And it has the ability to, to see the presence of seven types of drugs, marijuana, cocaine, opiate, methamphetamine, amphetamines, methadone, benzodiazepines, all these different drugs that have the ability in a little device. Now, the device cannot reach or read the level of intoxication. You'll have to get a blood test with that, but it can tell if that drug or type of drug is there. Another thing I read was nearly 65% of U.S. adults drink at least a cup of coffee, rather a couple of cups of coffee uh, a day on average. 65% uh, of all American adults, that's a lot of people. Um, just under two-thirds of U.S. adults drink at least one cup a day, two-thirds, 75%. Right in that area, a little on that ballpark. Coffee drinkers, for those of you who are coffee drinkers, average 2.7 cups per day. That's been unchanged since 1999. A quarter of all coffee drinkers say they're addicted. And 90% of them said they don't care. <laughs> And I'm probably looking at 80% of them right now, amen? <laughs> Coffee, right? Um, in California, there was a man, he's finding that the cost of coffee, that stimulant in coffee, is costing him more than a few dollars. Almost 18 months ago, after his arrest, Joseph Swab, a 36-year-old Union Glazer, is, is going to trial. The only evidence the DA has provided of his intoxication is a blood test showing the presence of caffeine. Now Schwab was driving his vehicle, coming home from work, 
and he was a little erratic, and he was pulled over by an agent from the California Department of Alcohol Beverage Control. He, she, was, she was riding an unmarked vehicle. The agent who swabbed cut her off and was driving erratically. His attorney said the 36-year-old Union Glazer was, was given a breathalyzer which showed a 0% blood alcohol level. Right? Now, regardless, this guy must have got this agent mad, and she, he was booked in the county jail. And his blood was drawn. The resulting toxicology, toxicology report came back negative from all those all drugs, THC, opiates, cocaine, muscle relaxant, methamphetamine, oxycodone, all these drugs. Nonetheless, the courts believe that Mr. Schwab was driving under the influence of caffeine. That's some heavy-duty caffeine right there. Driving under the influence. It's, a, it's the crime of operating the vehicle while impaired by alcohol or other drugs. Not that any of you know what I'm talking about. In case you wanted to know, I'm going to give you an education class. Including recreational drugs and those prescribed by physicians. It gets you to a level that renders the driver incapable of operating a motor, a motor vehicle uh, safely. Impairment now is not relying upon the type of alcohol. Some people say, well, I, I wasn't really drinking heavy. You know, I, wasn't, I wasn't drinking whiskey. I was drinking beer. doesn't care what kind of alcohol. Impairment means, doesn't mean what type of alcohol. It means how much alcohol. Right? On average, a drunk driver, who's, a guy who's been caught or a girl who's been caught drunk driving, will drive 80 times under the influence before their first arrest. That's a lot of people out there better watch out for. Every 51 minutes in America, someone is killed in a drunk driving accident. 51 minutes. That equates to 27 people every day. Someone is injured, not killed, but injured in a drunk driving accident every 120 seconds. Between 50 and 75 of the people who have had their license revoked due to driving under the influence drive illegally without their license every day. Now, in today's world, the choices are evident. Each person must resolve in their heart what or who will influence them. Acts 2, 15, 1 through 8 is a very interesting story. All the Jews were coming into Jerusalem during the Passover time, and that's when Jesus was being crucified, and then he was resurrected, and, and all this commotion was taking place, and not too long after, the people began to preach. And so we pick up the story here, and it says that, that, that Peter was up there preaching the gospel. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. He was telling people that Jesus came, that he was died, that he rose from the dead, right? He was all excited, and all these people were looking at Peter, and then you see the story picked up in Acts chapter 2. These people aren't drunk as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, verse 16. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I will pour out my spirit on those who serve me. Men and women both. 
in the end times. So, nine o'clock in the morning, what are you influenced by? In Luke chapter 2, verse 45, the writer there is describing what I consider how the world is today. Because sometimes people, you know, many people believe in the Lord or believe, know about God or raised in church, uh, could make one faith or another, and they have some semblance or, or respect for God. However, they're not really taking the time seriously. And Luke kind of describes that. He goes, but suppose the servant says to himself, and let's take, let us all take on the role of the servant. My master is taking a long time in coming. And then this servant begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. Sound familiar? So today I want us to discover, or let us all discover, if we are drunk from the world, of the Holy Spirit. See, the world is under the influence. Hello, somebody. And as I looked and I walked and, and, and see and I talk with people, see personalities, you did a lot of different things, but I've come to understand one very simple fact. There's two types of people. See, these two, two types of people, the previous scripture describes two seemingly drunk people. One that knows the master's gone, they're going to party like it's 1999 with Prince. And the other one who had an encounter with something that was beyond their understanding, but they know something happened in their life and just can't contain it. And they're talking and talking, and people said, this guy must be high, must be drunk. So the first group are those who, in the Beatitudes, are called blessed. These people, let's say it's us, are indwelled by God because of Christ. Now the Beatitudes is that, that portion of scripture where Jesus was talking about the blessed people, the blessed. Right, Matthew 5.13 describes the, the Beatitudes, and let's go ahead and read them, starting in verse 3 of chapter 5, Matthew. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. See, they, these, this first group are the people who realize their spiritual helplessness. They show sorrow over sin or, and are humble. These people are hungry for God's righteousness, merciful and pure in heart. They want the kingdom of God. They're not just playing games. They really, really, really want God. Blessed. These, are, these followers of Jesus Christ always want to make peace. They don't want to stay at argument or, or hold grudges. Uh, they get ridiculed for their belief because they're sincere and they want to be right. They're called holy rollers, hallelujahs. They're ridiculed, persecuted, and often slandered because of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus compares them to salt and light. 
In Mark 9, chapter, uh, uh, Mark chapter 9, I think Jesus really simplifies two people types. In Mark chapter 9, uh, Jesus was out there and, there, and, and he was with his disciples, and, and they're walking along, and they came across a guy who was casting out demons in Jesus' name. And then the disciples look at this guy that got a little agitated, maybe a little overzealous uh, in their in their self, maybe a little intimidated that somebody was moving in the gifts and not them. Who do they think they are? Got a little competitive. We don't know why, but they come up to Jesus. John came up to Jesus. Teacher, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop. How dare he? He don't have a, he's not, he, don't, he's not, he doesn't have a minister's card. We told him to stop in verse 38 because he was not one of us. He wasn't, you know, the in crowd. He wasn't one of the Mau Maus. Uh, he wasn't a Norteño, Sureño, or a Blood Crip, or Quesea. He wasn't a one of us. That's not like gang member talk. I didn't know the, the, the disciples were into, gang, into being gang members. Then Jesus says, do not stop him. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. See, Jesus simplifies the group that I'm talking about. You're either for Jesus or you're not. Listen, there's no in-between. You're either for Jesus or you're not. You're either drunk in the Holy Ghost or you're just getting high. Two types of people. Huh? See, the second group consists of the unbelievers of this world. Luke 4, 12, 45, he talked talk about a group of people, and he said these people are proud, self-sufficient. They don't need anything. Huh? They're in control of their lives. They don't understand their own unrighteousness before holy God. They don't, they, I'm a good person. I pay my taxes. I go to work. I bring home the bacon. They don't understand their unrighteousness before a holy God. The Apostle Paul describes the people when he speaks about the end times, and he's talking to his young disciple, Timothy, who had just taken over a church, a young guy, probably in his mid-twenties, having to take over a church, and he goes, Timothy, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of God, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of God lives, going to church, coming to victory outreach, but denying its power. Paul tells Timothy, don't, don't have anything to do with those people. See, these two types of people that are evident all over the world, they, they just do what is natural. Huh? They, they, they can't help themselves. So we're called, we're, we're creatures, and we have one very natural, basic attribute that we all do, whether we like it or not. We reproduce after our kind. Right? Listen, if I see a little kid, I'm not trying to make it funny, but I'm just using an example. If I see a little kid with a big nose, I bet you if I follow, if I follow that little kid home and I met his mom and dad, I bet you they'd have big noses. 
Why? Because they reproduce after their kind. Yeah. Right? Believe me, if I see a, a little Chicano going home and, and he opened the door and his mom and dad came out and they were black, I said, well, there's something wrong here. <laughs> I got this don't match up, right? Right? Why? Because we produce after our kind. Correct? Well, see, there are those two people in the world do something. They reproduce after their kind. Hmm? John 8.42 reads like this. John 8.42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I have not come of my own, but he sent me. So why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Ooh. So what language do you talk? So there's two types of people. Are they, are they you walk in truth or are you a liar? See, and, and believe me, for the most part, when we come up, we're all liars until Jesus came. We're all liars. But if you don't allow the proper spiritual DNA to infect you, you will always be a liar. There's only two types of people. Right? So we have to choose what is going to, who, what, when, where, how am I going to be influenced? Because you're going to be influenced by something. Right? No matter how I try, my, my wife says, sometimes you act like you're from the neighborhood still. Right, Deborah? You got to stop that. I go, can't help it. It's part of my DNA. I got to fight it off sometime. But it's in there. I grew up in this little neighborhood, right, running amok. I know that dude. I know, you know, I gotta watch out for him because he keeps trying to rise up. Get back, Jack. Because I have to decide what's gonna influence me. Now, if I want to get in the flesh, I can get all the Dakota homeboy out of me, right? Start stabbing folk. So we each allow whatever we choose to allow, to influence us. Hmm? We have that DNA. See, Peter is talking to us, and he writes in the Bible, he goes, and he calls us friends, he goes, I urge you, as aliens, if we, are, we are supposed to be legal aliens. We may not have a green card, huh? we have a gold card, because, you know, they have streets of gold. Amen? But he said, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Stop sinning. Stop doing it. See, now, if you want to sin, if you want to do what you're going to do, you're going to do what you're going to do. Right? We got the, we got the right stuff. They're going to do what they're going to do. Mom, but we have to do what we got to do. We're trying to, we're trying to reproduce the right qualities. We're trying to reproduce godly qualities. We're trying to reproduce. And if, and if you don't want to reproduce, then maybe we have different daddies. That's the bottom line. 
Because I know who my dad is. I know who I'm following. So I tell you, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, if you don't like that, I can't help you. you we all get to choose who influences us. I chose. When we have our banner, you're going to see the people that influence me on the banner. Right? I have a Pastor Sonny, Nikki Cruz, Pastor Steve. These are my, my fathers. Everything I try to teach and learn, I learn from them. Right? So if you get mad, call them up. Amen? So our job, all of us, our job is to recognize who we're dealing with and to bring them under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's our job. And people, I talk to people at the home, and go, how do you do it? I go, what's your therapy? Uh, do you have psychoanalysis? Um, do, do, you, do you have group therapy? No, we don't have no cycle group therapy. <laughs> we make them pray, whether they like it or not. Amen. We don't even care if they go on their knees and fall asleep, because eventually they'll stay awake. We make them pray. Yeah. We make them get Bible studies. We make them listen to Bible studies. We make them come to church. Yeah. Yeah. And then we let God do the rest. Yeah. We let God do the rest. Jesus in the morning, Jesus for lunch, Jesus for dinner, and snacks of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right? So what is our job? As, as Christians, our job is to go out there and spread our DNA to influence others with what we've been influenced by. To the believer, influences the unbeliever by what he is. Not by what he has. See, Christ did not say you have salt and light to dispense. In other words, you don't have a light to put light, no, or you have salt so you can put shade. No, he didn't say you have salt and light to give away. He says you are the salt. You are the light. It's a little, little different than you are than you give. See, the believers very present in the world acts as salt and light, preventing corruption, the salt, and exposing error, the light. So, are we blessed? Is anybody blessed? Yeah. Uh, see, when you talk about blessed, we read the Beatitudes, being blessed means having God's nature within. If you're blessed, you can't. Blessed doesn't mean. Remember, the believer doesn't uh, affect the world by what you have. But what you have doesn't mean you're. I'm blessed. You blessed? I'm blessed. How are you blessed? Oh, I got money in the bank. Got gas in the tank. No, that's not blessed. That means you just have money and gas. That has nothing to do with being blessed. The believer is blessed by who he is, not by what he has. Right? God's nature within. 2 Peter 1.4 reads like this, Through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world. Huh? See, participating in the divine nature means you are under the influence. Anybody under the influence? Huh? If, I, if the Holy Ghost popo pulled you over and he gave you a breathalyzer, would the Holy Ghost appear? Huh? That's heavy, huh? Yeah. Do not be deceived. 
Now check out this list of people who just can't make it to heaven. Neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. See, although some of us, if not all of us, could could lean towards one of these that I just listed, but because we have God in this, we're not controlled by it. So we would no, Jack. Uh-uh. I ain't doing that. I don't I don't do that anymore. Right? No, I can't do that anymore. Even though someone drives up your driveway, follows you home, you ain't gonna go out there and sock them in the jaw anymore. Well, that's an inside joke. See, rather, we are washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. As we continue reading that that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, and that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by His Spirit. Indeed, we are a peculiar people. Can I say it again? Look to your neighbor and say, you are peculiar. Huh? You know, you're so peculiar, let me tell you. You're so peculiar. You ever go somewhere and you notice somebody who looks a little funny? Now don't, and you walk around and you don't want to look at them, you know, but like you can't help it. Yeah. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like hey, I, I, the other day, a guy came in and I seen him, and he was a little guy, but his head was ginormous. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to talk bad about a ginormous head, but he had a ginormous head. You know what I mean? And I'm going, man, I, I don't want to look, but darn it, that's a that's one big head. I'm thinking in my head, right? So I'm trying not to let him see catch me look, and he walked by. I go, man, that's a big head, <laughs> right? Cause, why? You can't help it, it's like, because you that's peculiar. And even though you don't want to look, you just can't help yourself. And you know, you feel good, like, man, man. And then, you know, you feel bad for the guy. Like, man, I feel bad for the guy. He can't even buy a hat. I mean, it's got a big head. <laughs> and I like hats. <laughs> but see, that's how we should be. Not, not with the head, but we are peculiar people. Yeah, amen. And you have to understand, when you're walking with God, and you're trying to do right, and you're trying to be holy, people are going to look at you like, <clears throat> what? They said what? They're acting like, huh? You mean you mean they let they he let him do that? That guy got in his grill and he didn't do nothing? What kind of church is that? Victor Howard Church of the Sissies? What? They're looking at you. Right? Why? Because you're peculiar. Huh? People are looking at you and really they're peculiar because they're waiting for you to influence them. Oh, they may act like, but inside, they don't they don't want to do the evil that they're doing. Because we, we've been created like God. Doing evil is contrary to what God had intended. So inside that spirit man said, I don't want to act like this, but I don't know how to control it. Why? Because they've been so influenced by the things of the world and not influenced by men and women of God and the men and women of God who maybe they had come around were fakes and frauds. 
But they say, I don't want none of that. And so they're, but they're looking to be influenced by peculiar people. People that are righteous. Not perfect, but mean business with God. Huh? Titus 2.14, Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself, I like this, a peculiar people. A peculiar people. That word peculiar, which means who constitutes his possession. In other words, God is looking for people that he can call his own. Right? Remember, there's only two types of people. Does Jesus call you his own? Or are you still in the valley of decision? Well, I, you know, I like Jesus. I'm like the dude with brothers. Jesus is just all right with me. But you're still getting high. Where are you at? See, Jesus says, no, 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 no. I want one for my own possession. Those are peculiar people. Those people trip people out. Right? See, it is the difference in our character which distinguishes us from the world. So to purify himself a people that is very own, eager to do what is good. That's, that, that's a character issue. Eager to do what is good. What are you eager to do? What are you thinking about, dreaming about, lusting about? Yeah. Or should I say, who are you dreaming about, thinking about, lusting about? Hmm? The adjective blessed means not only indwelt by God because of Christ, but also being fully satisfied. Blessed are these people. Fully satisfied. You're not just full of God. You're satisfied. Having obtained peace through Christ Jesus. You know what? I, my, my car is lacking. My house is lacking. My this is lacking. Whatever may be lacking. But you know what? But I'm cool with it. You know why? Because I found Jesus. And I might not know exactly where I'm going, but I know I'm on the right track. I, I found the Lord. So, so, so I may not have everything, but I'm cool. Oh, yeah. Huh? Having obtained peace. See, the believer is more fulfilled with no need to have the world as his possession. The believer is fulfilled and has no need to possess anything that the world has. Now, if it comes, eh, that's cool. But that's not what drives them. And you know what I'm talking about, because we're all driven for, for one thing or another. We go from little, one little toy to the next. When you're a kid, you want a big wheel, right? When you're a teenager, you want a motorcycle, a bike. When you're, when you're a young adult, you want a motorcycle. When you're adult, you want a car. When, you're, when you got your car, you want a Harley, right? One toy after the next. Huh? Toys are you. Hmm? What drives you? What drives you? The call of God? The love of Christ? Fulfilling His purpose? Having a meaning in your life? Two types of people. See, because you are under the influence of God, let me say this again, I'm speaking faith, because you are under the influence of God, 
Oh, let me say God the half word. I said, because you are under the influence of God, you believe Matthew, Mark, and Luke. See, Matthew, Mark, and Luke said this. They both said this. And very, very few scriptures in the gospel are repeated in all of the gospels. These are called the synoptic gospels because they, they go over a period of time. And there's three of them. Then you have another gospel with John, but it's a different type of gospel. These synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they said this, they all said this one thing. Matthew 16, 26 reads, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Mark 8, 36 reads, said like this, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his life? Luke 9.25, for what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? See, because you're under the influence, the unbelievers are amazed. Oh, yeah. Because you're under the influence, you cause them to see their own lack of spiritual security. Because you're under the influence. Or... If you're not under the influence of God, and you're under the influence, you cause them to see what? That Jesus Christ raises up angry people? That Jesus Christ allows people to come to church and fornicate at will? That Jesus Christ invites people here and they can come to church and they can do anything they want and still go to heaven? See, you, you, there's two types of people. And we're called to influence. How do we influence? To be an influence, we have to interact with the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Right? Just as salt is derived from the earth, the salt comes from the earth, every believer is remembered he is of the earth. Adam means earth. We're all dirt balls. Hmm? However, in Christ, we're free from the law of sin and death. That's the difference. Our freedom allows us to act as a preservative in a decaying world. Should we lose our Christ-likeness, our Savior, we would no longer be of any use. What good are we? See, salt is a good thing. Salt is an enhancer, right? You, you, when you have a steak and you have salt on it. But you gotta be careful, because you have to use salt appropriately. Because if you get too much salt, what happens? It becomes salty, salty. And too much salt, it's not good, huh? See, likewise, the believer is light. Because Christ is the light of the world. He, we, can only reflect Christ's light. Not your light. Therefore, Jesus admonishes, tells us all, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. In other words, he said, let your light influence people. So when you were at the club last night, who were you showing the light on? Not that anybody here was at the club last night. I'm not trying to be a prophet or have a word of knowledge, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what happened? Who, who, who were you influencing? What kind of light did you have? He said, let your light, not your strobe light. 
Huh? Well. So, are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Let me say it again. Are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? 